uh, you know, the credit card companies want you to spend more than you make. Suppliers want you to spend more than you make. You go out, you buy a mattress and they say, hey, don't worry about paying for it right now. We'll give you 365 days, same as cash. You know, and on 366, they charge you 25% interest. And statistically, most people miss those things. So we go wrong by not assigning a duty to every dollar that we make. My special guest today is an expert, performance coach, author, and speaker with over 30 years of experience. In 2019, he published the 24K Life Code, the only difference between mediocrity and greatness. This book guides others step-by-step step to deliver their personal best and live the result that they deserve. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my very special guest today, Mr. Derek Gant. Welcome to Soul Food and Lemonade. Hello and welcome to this episode of Soul Food and Lemonade. Soul Food is the information that we present to you. Lemonade is what you choose to extract from the information. Today we have another great show for you. However, I would just like to remind you to hit the, sub uh, the subscription button and the notification bell so that you can be kept in the know. Today my very special guest is Mr. Derek Gant. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, you are. It's perfect. Awesome. And he is a financial expert. And uh, Derek, how are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful this morning. I did a little yard work yesterday, so I am happily done with my weekend chores. Awesome. Now, you are a financial expert. Can you go into some details? Tell us more about yourself and what you do and what brings you to this place in your life. Yes. Well, you know, I consider myself an expert by all standards because I have been managing investment portfolios for well over 30 years. Uh, most of the work that we do helps clients to maintain and grow uh, a lifetime portfolio they built. And subsequently, in 07, we also started a secondary company that helps people to accumulate wealth, helps them fix their credit, get out of debt. Um, put together a budget, all the necessary things that it takes to have a solid financial life. So we, we operate from both ends of the spectrum. And uh, how long have you been in the financial business? Wow. I started in 1989. I like to say 1990. Okay. <laughs> Just to give a, it's been a long time. And uh, some of the some of the companies that you've, you've worked with over the years and, um, you know, you, I, I guess you are uh, self-employed now. How, how would you put that? Yeah, you know, I am a um, entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I've been, uh, I worked with a, a firm for eleven years, the first eleven years of my career, and then I decided to become a fee-based planner, meaning I get paid a fee, not a commission, which means mm. that my advice is is not relevant to whatever the recommendation is. Okay, it's just it's just solid advice and. So I received a lot of pushback from the firm I was with. So I struck out on my own in, in 2010, 2010, I struck out for myself. So I've been, in, I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time. My first question to you would be, where do people normally go wrong when it comes to their finances? 
And um, what are some of the causes or reasons why right. a lot of us just can't get it right? Well, you have a lot of help. I mean, there is a lot of help to get it wrong. Um, let's start with the educational system. You know, our parents, uh, if they have money or not, our parents don't teach us personal finance. Mm. They don't talk about how much money they make. They don't talk about how much money it takes to run the house or to feed you as a child. They just do what they're supposed to do. And they tell you money doesn't grow on trees. They tell you <laughs> we can't afford that. And so you go to school and they don't teach you personal finance. You go to college and they don't teach you personal finance. Now you learn about economics and you, you learn about statistics. But no one talks about, hey, here's how you make primary and secondary and tertiary financial decisions. And they also based... want to give you a lot of credit cards in, uh, in school, too. Absolutely. <laughs> they, want, they want you to. So when I say you have a lot of help, uh, you know, the credit card companies want you to spend more than you make. Suppliers want you to spend more than you make. You go out, you buy a mattress and they say, hey, don't worry about paying for it right now. We'll give you 365 days, same as cash. <laughs> You know, and on 366, they charge you 25% interest. And statistically, most people miss those things. So we go wrong by not assigning a duty to every dollar that we make. Listen, uh, my, my mind is going off like crazy now <laughs> because, you know, there's so much to ask when it comes to finances. Now, um, what for someone who is trying to get their finances together? Right. Where is the best place to start? And what would you suggest some of the steps that they can take? Absolutely. Take? Yeah, you know, no matter what you're trying to do, um, if you're trying to leave your house and go to an unknown destination, the first thing that you do is you open up your GPS and your GPS says, where are we starting from? And you say, I'm starting from where I am right now. So in order to get to the destination, you have to know where you are. Mm. So I suggest that people go to their checkbook. So go online on their laptop, on their computer, open up their bank account where they spend their money and start to start to singularly figure out exactly where all of their money is going, you know label it. Is this for transportation? Is this money for housing? Is this for bills? Is this for my personal care? Is this for fun money? Mm -hmm. So go back and, and I believe that you'll have an aha moment about how much money is going to Amazon. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. You know, and how much money you're wasting on things that you don't need. So okay, the first for place me, to start is with your bank account. Right. Um, okay. In my case, I get paid twice per month. However, okay. it's not like I get paid on the 1st and the 15th or the 15th or the 30th. It's whenever that two-week period falls. Right. Um, I just started this position in February of this year. But I find myself... Oh, before I, before I say, but I find myself. <laughs> okay. I went from having no credit card for years mm -hmm. to having nine credit cards during Corona. Right. I am struggling to make those payments, but I'm trying my very best based on my pay period and the due dates of each one of these accounts, which, you know, from the 4th to the 27th and in between. Right. 
So I'm really struggling to handle them. What mm-hmm. would you suggest that I do? And where would I start in the process? I already started the process of documenting them in an Excel spreadsheet. Right. But trying to juggle the payments accordingly seems a little bit challenging. Okay. Well, you know, there's always the potential problem that there's more month than money. Uh, And so that's where the cards come in. And there's a lot of people that had the situation where they started using cards during the uh, coronavirus when things life was shut down. Mm -hmm. But what I would suggest is that you do exactly what you said. So you're going to spread those out in a in a spreadsheet. So you have all nine, I would list them from the highest balance, like the the highest balance card down to the lowest balance card. You've already, let's assume that you've already done the first step, which is you've taken a look at your uh, bank statements and your spending and you've you've gotten really lean. Um, so then you have to figure out how to live without using the cards at all, number mm. one, because you can't get out of debt if you're continuously adding to the debt. So right. the first thing is, how can I make sure I can live without the cards at all? Secondly, when you, when you list these on the Excel spreadsheet, you're going to list them from the highest to the lowest but you're also going to list the minimum payment due, mm-hmm. okay? So you're going to take the smallest card, you're going to pay the minimum on all of the cards, so you're going to pay your minimum on all the cards, you've listed them out on a calendar, let's say, a spreadsheet, so mm-hmm. that you can see when they're due and when you get paid. And my suggestion is that you make the minimum payment on every single card. Okay. Uh, and, and then at the end of the month, when you've, then you lived accordingly and you said, I've counted all my dimes and I have an extra $300 left over. I would put $100 in savings and I would put $200 on the smallest card. Okay. We, need to get, we need to get rid of that card. And so once we get rid of that card, let's say that card was $200. Now we can take that payment along, along with the extra, what we call discretionary income, the money that mm-hmm. at 300 that was left over, and then we can roll that up to the next card. Okay. And, so, and so what's gonna happen is called snowball, it's called a debt snowball, because mm-hmm. you're gonna start with the slowest, the smallest one, and gently roll this ball up until you get to one card, and you're making one big payment on that card. Um, and so, but you have to create the spread, right. so you have some extra money, <laughs> put on the car. And if you don't okay. have any extra money, you need to work overtime. You need to get a second job mm. and you need to dedicate those dollars. One third savings, two thirds should go on your debt. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome piece of advice, my brother. People spiral out of control a lot financially. Correct. Some people seem not to have a choice. Others are just, just love to spend without right thinking about, you know, more important stuff. What is a strategy that caused people to spiral um, out of control more so than others? Yeah. Well, the reality is that, um, you know, I have a lot of six-figure clients that we help uh, that spiral out of control. And because Mm -hmm. they make more money, they can get out of trouble quicker than (laughs) others. So once they decide that they're not going to to mismanage, to be a poor steward. They're going to take control. They're going to be a little more disciplined. They can get out of the spiral a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they make people that make less money, it's a lot more difficult when they're spiraling. Um, but what causes those spirals 
it doesn't really matter if it's the six figure people or less. Most of the time it's life. It's a medical emergency. Their transmission went out in their car, their car messed up or, you know, a window busted in their home mm-hmm. and, you know, to replace that window, $700. And so if we looked at life statistically, the average worker, the average worker, uh, 85% of them are living check to check. Mm. 85%. That That's means a very that high have, percentage. Yeah, they have no room for a hiccup. And uh, the numbers 48% of people that earn six uh, figures or more. So if you make more than $100,000, 48, let's just say 50% are living check to check. Even so, at that salary range? Even at that salary range. Mm. Even at that salary range. You know, I have clients that make close to a couple hundred thousand dollars and they're living check to check because they have the credit cards because right. they have their, their kids in ballet and karate and a piano. And I know uh, they're, taking, <laughs> they're taking boating lessons. Right. Mm. So, so it doesn't matter how much you make, it matters how much you keep. Right. Right. And, right. And, I've and often so heard that. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue and people don't believe it. Right. We all believe that the more we make, the more we're worth. So I'm worth more to society because society has to pay me more. Mm. And it's, it's not true. It's, I have accumulated more. I have less debt. I have bigger cash flow. I have a bigger net worth. Therefore my worth is up there. Not, and your personal worth has nothing to do with your, with your fiscal value. Wow. Can you say that again? (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, how can one create uh, more energy and endurance to increase performance financially and otherwise? I mean, we are living in a very challenging world right now, as you know. And a lot of people are really being hit hard financially. And even their, you know, other personal areas of their lives. Right. How can we um, create that energy yeah. to keep going? Well, I liken it to sports. You know, I used to play sports. I used to coach my kids' sports okay. team. And I, I know most parents didn't agree with me with my, my disposition, but when I used to coach the kids, I used to ask them, you know, what part of sports, what was the most fun part of sports? And they would some most of them would say winning. And I would say, absolutely, winning is fun. Winning leads to more winning. Lead, winning leads to more confidence. And so when it comes to your money, if you treat it like a game, if you give every dollar a duty, if you say this money's for fun, this money's for bills, this money's to take my, my woman out, this money's for movies, this money's for my haircuts. So if you've done that and you can create it like a game and you can start to say, well, based on my numbers, I should be able to save $300 a month after all my bills are paid. Mm -hmm. And you actually do it. You you just won. And now you feel better. Now you know you can do it. So (laughs) then you challenge yourself to do it the second month. And the second month you have $600. And all of a sudden you have $1,000 in your account, you know, after three, four months, and you've never had, most people don't have $500 anywhere. 
right? The numbers are very high, right? They're live check to check. So right. now all of a sudden they see a thousand dollars and it's not going to somebody they owe. It's not going to a bill. It's not going to vacation. It's just sitting there. Just sitting there, right? Yeah. Right. And now they start to be able to breathe a little easier and they have their sex is a little better with their partner <laughs> and, and yeah. church is better and the right. kids are better because you're not under that financial gun and life is better that creates more energy because your question is how do you create more energy well you have to win and so you know people will tell people nowadays oh you got to be grateful and i believe it's true if you mm -hmm. are grateful for the opportunity to have an extra hundred dollars versus saying i only have a hundred dollars you know oh no i got an extra hundred if i do this every month at the end of the year if i include my bonuses my extra paychecks mm -hmm. and everything else I'll have an extra $4,000 if I just stay the course. Right, right. And that's what people don't realize that their winning is in the system if you have a system <laughs> and if you are disciplined to honor your system. That's the thing. The discipline part is very tough for some people. Now, how can I create more income mm -hmm. and work less? Is that even possible in your opinion? Yeah. Well, absolutely. So the question becomes more, more income or more um, retained earnings, more savings, more investments. So, mm -hmm. the, so if you're asking me how to create more income and work less, then you have to you have to start to maximize your expertise. Mm. So if you work if you work for someone. The only way you can really do that is to become more valuable in their site, which means that you need to increase your skill set, right? Express that skill set proficiently, mm -hmm. excellently, and then after you've expressed it, go ask for the raise. In other words, you have to master what you know. <laughs> you have to master what you know, yeah. and it has to be valuable to whomever you're working with, and then you have to scale that up and then go show them how you're more profitable after you show them that you're profitable then mm. i think you ask for more you ask for 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 a raise you ask for right. more opportunity and if you don't get it then you take that skill set at notice i keep saying after you've proven it mm -hmm. then you take it out in the marketplace like a basketball player or a baseball player and you say <laughs> hey who's willing to pay me my market value because i'm an expert in these areas and right, i add this right. much this much value right. but you do it after so many people want to go hey i just learned this new skill now that i have this new degree now that i have this new certification you should pay me more well mm -hmm. no how about you how about you express that value in real dollars for a little while and then go and say see what i did for you the last six 12 months so true then, so true then ask for that raise right now we're in a world where we see all these uh get rich quick schemes on youtube or hear them on television and so on and so forth speaking for myself i can't speak for no one else right i am always scoping out the internet for op opportunities Mm -hmm. But I find it very challenging because a lot of these things are just what they are. Get rich, uh, quick schemes. Mm -hmm. And so for someone like me, it's very hard to figure out what is, what is, uh, what is legitimate and what isn't. Right. What would you suggest that someone like me do? And um, how would I approach that whole situation? Yeah, I love that question. It's a great question. And, you know, I, I believe very strongly that we get things a little confused 
in in life you know we're told to uh we're told to master um to to figure out what we love and um go do that and i believe there's a big difference for a lot of people between doing what they love to do and doing what they're great at you could be great at something and not necessarily love to do it. Right. But um, I suggest that, like, if I'm, if I'm coaching you, we're going to sit down and just like that bank account, you asked me, where do we start with our finances? So we're going to do a personal inventory with you. What do you what do you like to do? What do you love to do? What are you good at? What are you great at? And you have what to I'm really hold you right now. I love media. Media is my thing but I'm working in transportation. Okay, so in your, in your particular case, it's like, you know, I don't know how long you've been doing it, but the, the, the science says that you need to do something for 10,000 hours to consider yourself an expert. So oh, trust me, I surpassed that, I believe. There you go. Yeah, okay. I've been doing this like most of my life. You know, I just love media, um, radio, television which i do have a, a online television station now excellent um this is what i feel i was born to do okay. i love to hear people's stories i like to interview people on various topics i just love this this right. is my first love so here's what i would say to you specifically if i was working with you as a performance coach i would say okay great so you're you're an expert at this media thing um, what is the most profitable part of the media thing? And you go, I'm, I'm not making any money. Okay, so where are the opportunities? Well, on YouTube, if you become popular, you can you need a thousand subscribers right. and you need 4,000 hours of watch time in order to sell ad space. Mm -hmm. And so so then my thing would be, okay, do you have are you marketing your shows properly? Do you have the right SEOs on your shows? Are you getting to the right audiences? Are they is your target audience in tune with the messages of the people that you're bringing on? Right. You know, are they resonating? Are they engaging? And so to break your business down, the social media part of it or the the media part of it and say, are you a marketing expert? Do you have a funnel? You know what part of it is most profitable for you is it if you're not making any money at it what are the opportunities to make money at it you know is it going to be doing these shows and then um people love the way you interview so they want you to MC an event for them and pay you three thousand mm. dollars or they want you to be a keynote speaker and they'll pay you ten thousand dollars or you know are you are you finding guests that are doing some amazing things and then tapping in and working with them are you are you splitting like you can go on LinkedIn and you can do a LinkedIn live with someone else who has a bigger audience and mm. you can share them. Do you have a course? I can do this forever, by the way. Do you have a course? Do you have a course? Do you have a course on how to get started with the podcast? Mm. You know, that you can help other people that want to start a podcast. Are you do you have an advanced course? You know, are you doing one on one coaching for people? I like you already. They don't know what microphone to use. They don't know about lighting. You ask me about right. lighting. You're the first person that's ever, che I check my own lighting to make sure it's good because right. be being African-American and being darker, you know, you could look like you're in a, in a, in a dark room if I your know, lighting's right? not right. <laughs> or, or you could wash your skin out and look gray. And so, mm. so my point to that is just simply, you know, are you teaching people, do you have a course to teach people how to 
have the right background, the right foreground, the right microphones, the mm. right lavalier, the right, you know, so, so there are uh, tons of ways to make money at doing what you love, but you have right. to, you have to figure out which portions are you the best at? We already know what you love. Right. What portions inside <laughs> of that are you the best at? And how do you monetize that? Or do you awesome. need to hire an assistant to help you monetize that to get your audience up to, you know, 10,000, 50,000, 100? We see people all the time that have, you know, 2 million subscribers to their YouTube I channel. Know. I don't I don't know what their mojo is. I don't but, know if some um, of those are I don't know if some of those numbers are legitimate. You see, I believe in a slow and steady growth. That's just me. Because I feel that by growing slower and gradually, mm -hmm. you tend to, I'm speaking for myself, right. you look at those numbers and you put more effort each and every time, each and every time. But now right. you have people buying numbers and manipulating right. stuff. And so sometimes I look at these numbers and I'm like, okay, but the <laughs> content isn't that great. Exactly. What's going on here? You see, so these are some of the things that a lot of people um, are looking at, myself included, because you go on YouTube and there's just a ton of stuff. Right. And you can easily fall for this or fall for that, you see, and spending a lot of money falling for stuff. And so you want to make sure. Now, let me ask you, what is a good money system? So a good money system is one in which is one in which you know where all your money is and you know where it's going and you know where it's supposed to go and you've mm -hmm. made room for error. So most people's money system is up oh, this bills due, do I have the money? Let me pay it. Mm. That's most people's money system. Um, but I believe very strongly that you have to separate your bill money from your personal spending money and if you have a partner or a spouse then they have a separate account for right. their spending money. So everybody everybody uses their own account for their own personal spending. And you have this bill pay account for just bills. You have an account just for investing. You have an account just for home repair. You have an account just for travel. Mm. So if, if anybody's ever heard of the envelope system where you take actual cash and you put it in an envelope with the label of what the money's for. Okay. That's, that's called the envelope system. I'm not a big fan of the envelope system because we don't operate on cash anymore. Right. But if you take your bank accounts and you turn them into the envelope system, I personally have a checking account that says home repair. And so I put money in there every month in case I need new windows, in case I need a mm. new door, in case I need a new water tank, in case... Um, you know, I know for sure in, you know, a year I'll have to get the house painted. So I, I calculate those numbers and I put that into that account. And so if you have, if a client has a vacation account and they want to go on vacation, there's no arguing between you and your spouse about <laughs> where you're right. going, right? right? If there's $2,000 in the account and you really want to go on vacation, you can only go on a $2,000 vacation. Right. So you're going to go and look and see what that costs. Mm -hmm. If you have 5000 in the vacation account, now you can do a $5,000 vacation or two $2,500 vacations. Right. But the arguing in relationships comes in because people have different needs and wants and they don't have the money designated for those needs and wants. Mm. So the best money system is one in which 
it reduces the arguing, it segregates the monies, and both parties, if you have somebody else in your life, agree to where the monies should be allocated. And the only question is spending because your house note is your house note. Your car right. note is the car note. The insurance is the insurance. The only thing mm -hmm. that changes are your spending patterns. Right, right. How does one make their brand double their income? You know, a lot of people have their own company, their own labels, what have you, but it's not doing great. Um, what are right. some of the mistakes and how can they, how can they flip that around? Yeah. You know, again, life is simple. Things are simple. You know, everybody wants to make it complicated. Let's go back to your, your other question. Hey, I, I see all these amazing things on the internet um, and YouTube and all these places about how you can make money. Well, they're making money by selling you an idea to make money. Mm. They never said they, they actually made it themselves doing right. whatever they're selling. So my, my recommendation on, on building your brand doubling your income is let's take you for an example. And I don't know if that's a true story or not that you're in mm -hmm. transportation. But let's say you're in transportation and you really want to um, do do media, TV, YouTube, podcast, those type of things. You know, what you want to do is, is to is to not get initiated by any of those outside forces. Mm. You have to pick what you're going to be an expert at how you're going to monetize it and you have to stick to it and you have to let everybody else keep changing horses every week or two mm. right every month or two they're changing horses they never give it enough momentum there's something called the law of massive action the law of action and part of it is the inertia that you build up that you get to take advantage of because you have built up this runway and now the plane can actually take off because it's built up enough speed. Right. But if you never build up enough speed because you're always switching gears, you're always switching horses mm. because there's a better, better mousetrap um, <laughs> or somebody's telling you, I can make you great. Okay, well, what are you going to do to me? to make me great because right. there's a reason why you haven't done what you're supposed to do. And most likely you're not disciplined enough, which is super simple. Mm -hmm. you're, not, you're, not consistent, <laughs> you're not consistent enough. You're not, you're not ahead of the curve in your area. You're, you're always looking at someone else going, what are they doing? I think I can do that. You're right. Oh, what are they doing? I think I can do that. I know, right? you're, you're <laughs> so if you look at people that are, are really successful, now we're talking about the fakers that are really successful. Number one, they are who they're purporting to be. Mm. So my entire focus is to be 24K, right? My brand is 24K life. So it's for me to be 24K. Am right. I working out at the best level? Am I reading books to make myself better? Am I showing up for work? Am I being consistent? Am I eating clean? You know, am I doing the things that I push in my brand? Mm. Number, number one. Number two, am I doing it better than, than, or as best I possibly can, because that's when, you know, you build this momentum up. And I had what I call shiny syndrome, shiny object syndrome too, <laughs> but I gave it up about 10 years ago because mm. there's always a better mousetrap. Somebody's always right. saying, oh, but if you only read this book, it'll give you the secret, right? But no, 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 read this book over here. It will give you the secret or try this now. Don't, you know, so it's the people that I was saying that are really successful are on the outskirts. We right. think they're really, 
we're really they're really crazy. We think they're really boring. You know, one of those two. They're really crazy or really boring, <laughs> and both of them are winning, right? Mm. That person that can take their time and monotonously write code and and draw to the to the to the nth little dot degree at a right. high level. Those are the people that are are winning big. Right. And we have to we have to find that niche in our lives and stick to it, and, awesome. not, and not get distracted. And I, I agree with you 100% in everything that you say. Now, finally, my brother, what are some of the, what is the best piece of advice you can give to anyone out there who is struggling okay. financially? And what can they do or where should they start to make some positive changes or meaningful changes? Right. You know, there's so many millions of people living in quiet desperation. Right. They're not they, they feel like they're not allowed to say I'm getting swallowed up and people because I do it for a living. I know this is a fact. People will wait until they're going to lose their house, mm. until they have to file bankruptcy. They're going to lose their car to ask for help. And it's this thing in society that says, you know, you shouldn't talk about your money. If you got a lot of money, you shouldn't talk about it. If you're broke and, and underwater, you shouldn't talk about it. And it's just a it's a scheme to keep people living in quiet desperation because they're not going to stop spending. Right. So my best piece of advice is to ask for help. If you are in a spiral situation, if you're struggling, if you're stuck, if you're making a million dollars and you're living check to check or at the end of the year, you don't have anything to show for it, but wow. more debt, you know, get some help. There's no such thing as it, it, there's no such thing as as being embarrassed or feeling guilty to get help. Mm. If you think, if you look at, if our, if our community that we're talking to right now, if you were to, if you were to go and listen to the richest people that are in pub, the public eye, they have two, three, four investment advisors, not one. They have mm. several money people around Multiple them. They have, they have a high, they have a high level tax accountant. They have a high level investment guy. They have a personal assistant that manages all of their personal finances. I mean, they have three or four coaches, money coaches in their life to help them keep more of what they're making. And so poor people go, well, I shouldn't ask for help, you know, or rich people know what they're doing. They don't, they have experts around them. Mm. Okay. So, I would advise them to stop living in quiet silence and start searching for help because if you if whatever you focus on expands. So if you continuously focus on the debt, if you continuously focus on being broke, if you continuously focus on how bad it is, it is going to continue to stay that way. Mm -hmm. Maybe get worse. Right. But if you start saying I'm going to focus on solutions, I'm going to focus on finding somebody to help me. I'm going to focus on making more money. I'm going to focus on being grateful that I'm not, you know, living on the streets. Then change the focus and you'll change the results. And the longer you can hold on to moving in the right direction, you're, the better off you'll be. On that note, I want to say thank you so much for being here today, man. This is an awesome show. What can I say? You know, it is an awesome Yeah, we're always seeking ways to, um, you know, help each other, you know. And so um, it is my hope that people will take these advice that you've given out today and run with them. Because a lot of us 
feel like we're losing. A lot of us feels like we have no way out. And I believe that for every action, there's a reaction. Absolutely. And for every action that's not so pleasant, we can make our way out of them if we want to. So want to. I will continue to, to do what I do and, um, you know, make changes that I need to make in my own personal life. And one day I will be on the other side, my brother. Absolutely. And I hope you remember you interviewed me along the way when you're up there. I sure will. And um, hopefully we can do this again sometime. I would love to. Thank you so much. Awesome. Have a great day, man. Thanks for joining us this week on Soul Food and Lemonade. Be sure to visit our website at anchor.fm forward slash soul food and lemonade where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts to name a few or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we appreciate a rating and a comment on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about us, that will help as well. Please make a donation to sustain future episodes.